Good morning all and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Good morning, Russell. Good morning, everyone. And we say good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for today. A new day. A new day, a new beginning. For new life that lies before us. Because your word says that you cast all our sins behind your back and you remember them no more. You wash us clean, you make us a new creation and you give us a new identity by your spirit. When we renew our commitment and our faith in you. So we thank you, Father, that all the old things have passed away. Everything as of yesterday has passed away and all things you make new even now. You are doing a new thing in us. By your spirit, you are edifying us, lifting us up. And you continue to bless us, Lord. You renew your mercy for us today and pour out fresh grace. So that holding the hand of your spirit, when we walk in that grace, in humility, surrendering ourselves to you, allowing you to do your work within us, aligning with it and obeying your instruction there even when we don't understand. Then you lift us up. It is you who convict us of our sins, never looking to condemn. And it is you who bring out that transformation which we didn't expect, which we couldn't see coming, didn't know it was possible, especially in circumstances where everything looked hopeless. We thank you, Father, that you are doing that new thing today. And we thank you that you call us to commune with you in the secret place, where you pour your peace and joy into our hearts. We share the same, Lord, with all those that are part of this prayer meeting and praying family. We share it with Christians everywhere that do not yet know you, with all those that do not want to know you. And we share it also, Lord, with all those that we are lifting up at our altar of prayer and those that have no one to pray for them. And as we remember all of these, Lord, we call on your name. The name of our Maker, the name of our Creator, our Father. The one who is our goodness, our fortress, a high tower that we can run into, our deliverer, our shield, our strength, the God of peace who shall bruise Satan under our feet. And we pray in the name of your son, Jesus, the Lord who heals, the word that you sent down, the truth, the way, and the life for us. In him is life. And he is the door to the Father. He said, no one can come to the Father except through me. We thank you, Lord. Did you share that daily bread with us? Every single day until we step into the kingdom. And we have reflected on what that kingdom is yesterday. Till then, you continue to feed us till we enter that promised land. The land flowing with milk and honey, with abundance and with dominion. And you call us to come and possess that land. Even if it looks difficult. Even if there are giants that we will battle on the way. Because they will do everything they can to prevent us from living in that abundance on earth. But we trust you, Father. And we pray in the name of your spirit. The spirit of the living God. The spirit of Jesus. The spirit of truth. The spirit of life. 
the one who has quickened us and he has now made his tabernacle within us and he's ever willing to make his tabernacle in anyone that is willing to come to Jesus to acknowledge his kingship and to submit to him so that through the sanctification of the finished works on the cross when we receive that gift of the Holy Spirit as Acts 2.38 says then we can experience that transformation and we can be realigned on that journey into the promised land. We thank you, Father, that you are doing that new thing today. And as we make our prayer and our reflection this morning, I cover and seal every word we speak as well as every prayer we make and every person that is part of this prayer meeting and every member of every family that is part of this prayer group. By the precious blood of Jesus. We put on our angels and dispatch them on assignments in accordance with your will for each of these lives, Lord. I call the angel of the Lord to encamp about each of us, to protect and keep us safe from harm, sin, danger, accident, injury, pilfering, theft, hijacking, terrorism, any kind of natural disasters and spiritual attacks. I command that angelic protection and I declare divine exemption in the mighty and all-powerful name of Jesus. We also herald the power in our spoken word as we proclaim your word, Lord, from Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11, that says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth this day. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And I send it in faith. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the power of life on our tongue. Thank you for the discernment to choose life every time we speak. Thank you, Jesus. Today, in continuing in our series, like yesterday we saw what the kingdom means and it is a culture, a way of life, not so much a place. Today, I'd like us to touch on the concept of God's vision for man. What does God want or what does he see us being? And that is closely connected to the kingdom. Every Christian is expected to live the kingdom lifestyle. And the kingdom lifestyle is to be is for us, all of us together collectively, to be a nation of priests and kings. It is not just only one who is ordained a priest. For all of us. But generally, we make that segregation. That priests are the ones that are meant to be consecrated, set apart. But the rest of us can continue to be rest of us. And in reality, we are no different from the Israelites in the desert when we do that. I know most people will back off when they are told they are expected to live the life of a priest. But when you look at Exodus chapter 32, which talks about the time when Moses went up to the mountain to meet God. And all the Israelites were at the foot of the mountain. And then they convinced Aaron to make them an idol. And started engaging in all forms of sin. Right there at Sinai. 
Moses, when you look at Exodus 32, verse 26, Moses asked the people, he stood outside the camp and shouted and asked the people, who is on the Lord's side? And it was only the Levites that rallied around him. Being his own tribe, he was a Levite. Only the Levites rallied around him. Is that really the answer we would give today as well? When asked, who is on the Lord's side? Are we still making that segregation of us and the Levites? There are those that are consecrated to God and there are those for whom he is a mere religion. And then there are those for whom he is nothing but an imagination concocted by a few men for perceivably for their personal gains for manipulation. Or there are some that just don't want to bother. There are so many instances today where people don't want the subject of Jesus coming up. When you talk about social media groups, social circles, maybe even at workplaces or schools in some instances. I have personally met people who chose to run far away from him the minute they heard his name. And many of those are Christians by religion. People who have been in pain and yet refused prayer in the name of Jesus. So even today, there are the others. It wasn't only at Sinai. And there are those who are led by the Spirit to follow the things of God, who are hungry to know Him more and excited to share with others and introduce this person called Jesus that they now know more closely. The ones who have dedicated themselves to Him and to His service. And they won't budge, no matter the circumstances. And then there are fair weather friends who want to hear about him, attend all opportunities to know him more, including teachings, prayer meetings, and even marvel at testimonies. But don't change their prayer life or even read the Bible. And on the ground, nothing changes for them. Because God is trapped in that dimension which is limited by the little space that they give him. And then there are those who praise God when blessings come but start grumbling as soon as adversity comes. Just like the Israelites in the desert. And that's the mission God gives each of us who might consider themselves priests in his kingdom. And really what that priesthood means is offering sacrifice and intercession for people. You are not called to wear a cassock and stand at the church. But you are not doing anything less than what the priest in church does. Offering sacrifice on behalf of people, the sacrifice of prayer and interceding for them. We are called to hunt down the so-called others and convert them through an opening of their eyes to the truth by sharing the gospel and introducing them to Jesus. That same question stands today. Who is on the Lord's side? God said to Pharaoh, let my people go. Why? So that they may serve me. 
So just as in those days, are you a Levite that will serve God or are you one of the others that will serve a golden calf, an idol in their life, which could be anything? David first became a priest before he became a king. Even when he stood to face Goliath, he said, I come before you in a name. He didn't come in the might of his strength. Coming in a name is priesthood, the name of God. When Joshua stood before Jericho, the principal, he was told to engage in first was not his sword, was not his skills, was not his battle capacity. The battle strategy given to him was first priesthood. And then the sword. And if you read in the Old Testament, most of their Old Testament battles there as the Israelites wandered through the desert. Before they reached the promised land was always to first carry the ark. The ark went with them to battle everywhere. First priesthood, then kingship. And that is a strategy that even we are called to use today. In all your circumstances, in your challenges, at your workplace, and your families, every time there is a calamity that rises and even before it can rise, exercise your priesthood. There were kings who ignored priesthood. Kings like King Saul and King Herod in the book of Acts. And they paid the price of their kingship and of their lives just for ignoring priesthood. To walk in uninterrupted favor and honor in our lives as well. It is the same. Priesthood. So that no devil can steal it from you. So that no Jericho can stand before you as an obstruction. God's dominion mandate starts with our priesthood. And it ends then in kingship. But you can't go to kingship without that priesthood. And expect not to have any kind of spiritual resistance. 1 Peter 2 verse 9 summarizes what God's vision for us is. He says, you are. He didn't say anything else about, I'd like you to be. Or I suggest you be. He says, you are. A chosen race, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and a holy nation. A people set apart. When he says a people set apart, it is not only the Levites set apart, consecrated. An entire people consecrated, set apart to him. A holy people. So unlike the Old Testament times where they needed a priest, a prophet and a king to bring God's purposes to come to pass, we now have a more superior system which was God's original design. As he says in 1 Peter 2.9, all of that combined into one. A nation of priestly kings. Our dominion comes from applying our priesthood that makes way for wisdom, for power, favor and honor. As soon as we get down to our priesthood, submitting ourselves, what that priesthood really is, is submitting ourselves to prayer, to the study of word of God, to consecration, and then to being set apart unto God, to fasting and spiritual sacrifice. 
that's when you start stepping into prepared blessings. That's when you start bringing divine intervention into your circumstances. So that in every circumstance, you are never entering it on your own. You enter with that divine interference that goes with you and ensures your victory. You become a man under authority like the centurion who met Jesus. Not standing all alone. But bringing that authority and power of a government, the government of Jesus that backs you. Then you can command things and they shall obey. They dare not disobey. But if you don't see that outcome in your life right now, the only thing we need to keep working on is our priesthood. And let it be then into a regular practice. Look at what the book of Acts says. It says the apostles continued steadfastly in the breaking of bread. When you hear that word steadfastly, it is not once a week. It is not seasonal. We do it for one month or we do it for one week and then that's it. We're done, finished, chapter closed. Steadfastly means continuously, ongoing. It becomes a culture. It becomes a way of life. We need to build a lifestyle of prayer and let your spoken word then make way for your abundance and your dominion. Then what you are heralding every day, Isaiah 55 verse 10 and 11 that says, So are my words that shall not fall to the ground, but must fulfill. Then we start living in that reality of what that scripture really means. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for an opening up of our eyes and our hearts so that we, by your conviction, by your quickening in our spirit, rededicate ourselves and make that decision to commit ourselves to you in a way like never before, to building our relationship with you, to growing closer with you, to empowering our altars that we raise to you and to being the priest at that altar, offering spiritual sacrifice bringing in divine intervention, not only for ourselves, but all those that we stand for, all those that we lift up in prayer. All those that we intercede for. I ask for that edification in our spirit this day, Father. Let this house be a house of priests and kings in the name of Jesus. As we pray for spiritual edification, we also pray for our physical and our temporal needs, those of our families and our friends. We pray for all those that are battling all kinds of sickness and disease that are hospitalized will undergo any kind of procedures this day. For all families that are facing division and separation of any kind. We pray also, Father, for all those that are battling all kinds of strongholds in their lives, especially that of prayerlessness, busyness, ignorance, poverty, all kinds of afflictions and addictions. We pray also, Lord, for our own personal needs, those of our families and our friends, especially those not yet saved. Father, I thank you that you have heard us, that you always hear us, 
as we release our faith and our prayer, making this a prayer of agreement with each other in the spirit, we believe that we have received, Lord, we believe this prayer is an answered prayer in the name of Jesus. I encourage all those that can pray in the spirit using the gift of tongues to unmute and join in. Those that are praying for that gift, release your tongue and your faith. Ask the Holy Spirit to take over. Let us make our prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Shara 
In the mighty and all-powerful name of Jesus. Amen, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The scripture that's been put on my heart this morning is from Isaiah 42, verses 6 and 7. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept you. I have given you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.
I believe that's actually a prophetic word. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We have a couple of scriptures shared in the chat as well. The first is from Romans 8, verse 26 and 27, quoted from the NIV, where it is written, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through, word, through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And the second scripture is from 1 John chapter 3, verse 2, quoted from the NIV, where it is written, Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you are being blessed by these morning encounters, Brother Savio's powerful daily reflections or daily divine mercy and rosary sessions and the Friday Bible teachings, please share those with family and friends. Invite them to come join us live or you can point them to the recordings. You can also share the Telegram group link so that they can join us and post their prayer requests there. And let the mercy and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his favor that comes out of his jealous love for us chases and overtakes us. Let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, let us in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful day ahead, everyone. Thank you, Thank Russell. You, Russell. God, bless God bless everyone. God bless everyone. God bless.